0: Okay, and now we're on air. i have saying all kinds of cool things out right there, and it's like uh, nothing is happening. Somebody needs to, somebody press, needs to push a button somewhere. Yeah, it's because
1: our iPad's broken, so usually I press the buttons to put to put us back on on unmute. But uh, anyway,
0: ah, uh, fun, fun. It's fun. a
1: rough show this morning. We are we are out in the country, so technically we are roughing it. <laughs> uh, it's a good show. <clears throat>
0: yeah, this is this is probably glamping though.
1: <laughs> I I have to admit, Lyle, I have a six bunk dormitory room all to myself. <laughs>
0: That's kind of nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm not complaining. Let me just say. All
0: right. So we've come to our Encounter with God section and Mon was just in the process of uh, posting up a video of mm-hmm. where we are because it is really just it's, it's stunningly amazing. So jump over to our Instagram or our YouTube and check that out as soon as it goes up. Um, you'll be able to see where we are. And uh, yeah, anywhere along that uh, Monaro Highway, just um, if you're traveling past, traveling along the road, doing a bit of a road trip, just want to stop in, say hello. Um, the programme starts this evening and so the whole campground is going to be filling up with um yeah, lots of people and caravans and camper vans and um uh, tents and people with sleeping in cars and people sleeping in cabins and chalets and dorm rooms. it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Anyway. First Peter chapter two and verse nine, how about we do an encounter with God, Mon?
1: Yes indeed. First Peter chapter two and verse nine, is that what you said?
0: <clears throat> That's what I said.
1: Let me get there. Let me get there. First Peter, got that. Chapter 2. Nope.
0: And verse
1: 9. Says, <clears throat> But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light.
0: Okay, so what, what, what is God's purpose in having a special people?
1: I like to think of them as his advertising agency.
0: What what would the world look like? Okay, let's think about this. What would the world look like if God had never invented the idea of church?
1: Oh, there'd be so much more loneliness, lack of community.
0: So there would still be Christians?
1: Yeah. I really don't think there'd be as many.
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, Because you think about it like this. You drive through a town, you see churches. This is this is this is God's form of creating publicity, isn't it? That's right. It gets his name out there, it makes people think about Christ, it reveals the fact that Christians actually exist. If there were no churches and if there never had been churches and if Christianity had only ever been an individual thing and there'd been no such thing as organization within Christianity, would Christianity have actually survived?
1: I don't think so.
0: I mean, you think about it from from, from this perspective, if you, you know, because we're out here in the in the bush and I, I don't know whether you're still allowed to light like campfires at this time of year. It's certainly cool enough outside to have a campfire, but the wind is kind of blowing. It does look kind of dry. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's say we lit up a campfire and it's always nice to sit around a campfire, but if you take one of those coals out of the fire and you put it all by itself, what happens to it? It dies. Yeah, it dies. It goes out. It's only ever going to stay lit while ever it's right They're in the middle of the fire. Um, That's just the way that, you know, coals work, and it's exactly the same with Christians. Christians stay lit when they are in the presence of other Christians, the same as a coal stays lit when it's in the presence of other coals who are on fire. And it very quickly goes cold when you put it by itself. And the, I, you know, I get this whole thing at times, people like, yeah, you know what, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, you don't, but it's not a good idea, and I've never seen anyone pull it off successfully yet. Yeah, that's
1: right, that's right. People always say, oh, I don't, we don't need church to be a Christian, and they stop going, and then the next thing you're not really Christian yeah. anymore either. Yeah, a
0: few years later, they're no longer a Christian, and they're still, they're like, still claiming it, but they're not living it at all. And uh, a lot of them, you know, st- cease to even claim it uh, as well. And so, you know, t- to really experience the joy of Christianity, to really experience th- that relationship with Christ, to really experience the wh- what the Bible says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The only way you're ever going to really experience that is by being part of a special group of People and so God has created a special group of people. That's that's one of the that's one of the aspects of it. Think about the witnessing aspect. Let's say that churches didn't exist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How far would the gospel have spread? Let's say that Christians continued to exist without churches. Okay, so think about this for a moment. Uh, right now, you and I get to jump on the radio every morning and talk to more people about Jesus Christ than just about anyone else in Australia. That's that's pretty exciting, right? Yeah, that is that is. Super exciting! Someone asked me one day, "You know, what, what motivates you to get up at that hour of the hour of the morning every morning to get ready for Faith FM?" And it's like, I get to talk to more people about Jesus Christ than anyone else I know. Mm-hmm. That's pretty motivating. That's pretty exciting, and uh, that's the power of radio. But this radio exists because there is an organization exists that is behind it that is able to put together a structure so that it can work, that is able to raise money so that the licenses and the equipment and the transmitters uh, can be bought and the people can be employed that run it. This would not exist if the concept of God's, chosen people a special people a church if, the, if this concept of church did not exist this radio station wouldn't exist
1: it's kind of like the same concept if you think about a country without a government like sure the country would still exist and then still have people but it'd be a big old mess there'd be no infrastructure there'd be no <clears throat> citizenship there'd be it'd be lawlessness like it would just be a mess without a government and even though we all know that sometimes governments are corrupt and we you know we have issues with the government you know the same the same applies to the church you know there's not sometimes there's bad stuff that happens within a church structure Oh yeah, but we need we need the structure of a government to to help a country move forward and and uh, and you know create progress. And so, the church is kind of similar. There's to be Christian anarchy works for no one. That's right. Yeah, but you know without church we we wouldn't have so many of these wonderful charities. We wouldn't have you know Adder and this kind of thing. We wouldn't even just even just as a system to pull our funds to help people mm-hmm. like church is a wonderful thing for
0: yeah absolutely and as far as spreading the gospel goes it creates a structure within which that can take place and take place on you know a regular occasion we can we can share the gospel every week when we go to church we can share the gospel because our church can get together and you know, create mechanisms by which that can take place,
1: and schools, and hospitals, and clinics, and all these other things that churches are responsible for.
0: Yeah, the list goes on yeah. and on and on. Well, the, right where we are right now here in the exactly. Avonest Alpine Village exists because a church exists because and and they had a vision then to do, you know, something positive for. You know, the community and create a place where people can get outside of the hustle and bustle of uh, you know, the daily pressures of the life that they have and just come aside. As Jesus said, come aside and rest a while. Mm. They've read that in the Bible, like yet we're gonna create a place where people can do just exactly that and that's what we are doing right here. Amen. They've come aside to rest for a week, to spend time um in, in in contact with other Christians, gaining strength from other Christians, uh sharing what God has done for us, being a blessing and uh and and just generally being encouraged and drawing closer to God and so um you know this whole concept of church is something that you know God has had for a very very long time indeed
1: amen and yeah I, we understand there are some you know stuff that happens and people sometimes have good reason to have uh animosity towards the church but we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and not what the people around us are doing within the church scope. You know, I often hear, we well not often, but I sometimes hear people who are like, oh, I left the church for this and this reason. You know, because this people, this person was doing that, or that people was doing this. That's not why you left the church. You left the church because you took your eyes off Jesus and you you lost. You lost the focus of what it's supposed to be
0: about. That's right, because yeah. I mean, you think about it, Mon. How many th- how many times have you had bad things happen to you in church?
1: No, oh, how
0: many times ever has, a, has is a Christian full of person? Yeah, that's yeah. the whole point of church. If the church was full of perfect people, you wouldn't want to be there because it wouldn't be God's church. Mm-hmm. The whole point of church is for broken people to go there. You know, this is this is not a, this this is a hospital. You don't find you don't have a hospital for well people. Uh, it, it, if you're going to church and you're expecting perfection then that's the wrong reason it's like we're a whole bunch of imperfect people get together and encourage people encourage each other to climb higher
1: I've heard someone say that um, church was, church was a place where you went to experience the refiner's fire, because <laughs> that's where you get refined, you get held held in the fire, you get the edges rubbed off you. you, become a softer, more gentle person, and it's true. Any t- but that's you know that's true outside of church as well, any t- any place or any time that you are in. Um, interaction with other humans. You know, you're learning. You're, you know, you're having to humble yourself and and figure out how how you know to socially interact with people as well. So. But I do want to temper all this, Lyle, because I think especially with the Royal Commission just having happened, if there is criminal activity happening, that's not something that you just need to endure because of Absolutely teaching, not. you know, how to how to put up with, you know, this kind of thing. That's not something that's happening to humble you. It's something you need to report for sure.
0: Yeah, that's most definitely the case. Okay, so if we look at this passage in a little bit more detail, and we are kind of um, running low on time at the moment, um, but... If we look at it in a little bit more detail, we find here that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, um, and we need to ask ourselves: What does it mean to be a royal priesthood?
2: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so what does it mean to be a royal priesthood, Mon? Isn't is, don't we believe in the in the separation of church and state? And isn't isn't uh, royalty? And priesthood, a union of church and state? I mean, royalty is government, right?
1: Mm, The English would Ah. not agree with that. (laughs) Okay. Royalty at the moment is tourism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I I, I do take that. Uh But we do have some countries in the world, say, for instance, the Kingdom of Tonga. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The Kingdom of Tonga is still a kingdom where there is a king.
1: And Saudi Arabia, also ruled by yes, their royalty.
0: Yes, 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 indeed, mm-hmm. another one there. So there are a number of where, where, where the royalty is actually the government. I mean, hey, we our royalty is kind of government.
1: Dude, the Queen, Queen can't do nothing. She
0: sacked the Prime Minister once.
1: That, but through the Governor General. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, I doubt the Queen even heard about it until after it was done.
0: Uh, she kind of did, but, you know, hear about it before it was done, but. Not quite Still sure she had general. a lot to do with it. It was an interesting uh, constitutional yeah. uh-huh, uh, piece it was of uh, Australian history. Fairly very, well off with them. But, yeah, okay, so for us the royalty doesn't do a whole lot except for uh, producing them. Generate
1: income. billions Gen- of dollars in tourism. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
0: And, you yeah, know, the economy needs to be strong. So let's yep, not boot uh, right. them out anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Well, by that's, the way, just view, on a side anyway. note, did you hear that I... There's lots of people out there that have a different view on that and I have no problem with that whatsoever at all. I'm not taking sides here. Don't get me wrong.
1: Did you hear that our royalty uh, was in New Zealand, um, Prince Harry and his new wife, Megan, and they experienced a, a earthquake while they were there? Ah! <sighs> Lyle and I have a goal of experiencing a little earthquake at some point. Every time we go to New Zealand, we just hang out for one, but it never happens. We always
0: tell our friends, you know, can cook you up organise- an earthquake for us, okay, <laughs> all you New Zealanders that are listening online. Um, next time Mon and I come to uh, the New Zealand, can you please organise an earthquake? Just a little one. You've... Always let us down every other time. Not a fatal one. No, 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 just no. a we little wiggly just one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like we, just like. And the one time
1: people. that Prince Harry and Regan show up, you got to pull the pull out all the stops, and what was it, six point five or something?
0: Ooh, that's that's nothing. That's, no, no, we nothing don't. We fatal. don't need to able, about five would be fine. Yeah, yeah. So about we could feel,
1: but still go home and something tell to,
0: about to, to rattle the glasses mm-hmm. in the cabinet, and that's all.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's almost like a competition between us. We have a couple of competitions between us. We do. Yeah, we have that one. We Came have
0: very close when you went to Germany and we had an earthquake in the Hunter. Yeah. And I uh, wasn't in the Hunter.
1: I missed one in New York about <laughs> five, <laughs> by five minutes. I'd left and then there was an earthquake. That was annoying. But we also have that challenge where one of us has to take a picture inside that church in Brazil. Yes. Yeah, that's also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: <laughs> it will happen next time I go to Brazil.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, next time I go to Brazil, <laughs> I'm getting a picture inside that church.
0: Okay, so where, were we we were talking about a royal priesthood, Mon. This is this is union yes. of church and state here. What's what's going on?
1: Royal, I guess, like you said, means government and priesthood being the church. So it's, that is a union. Yeah, mm, mm. yeah. Mm. That's dangerous. I can see, I can
0: see Mon's um, cogs turning in her brain right here. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to Exodus chapter 19, and let's talk about where this first came up. Exodus chapter 19. And Mon I'm going to get you to read for us verse 5 and six. This is um, because Peter is just quoting from Exodus 19 and it words it slightly differently here, but we need to understand the, uh, the similarities and the differences between these two statements.
1: Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is a message you must give to the people of Israel.
0: Okay, so let's say that you took sin out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Would there be any problem with having a union of church and state?
3: No,
1: in fact it would be ideal.
0: Okay. Okay. And this is this is this is what God is outlining is is that he is outlining an ideal. Uh he's not outlining something that is actually going to take place because further on in the book of Exodus, you know, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Numbers, those books right there by Moses, in several places, God outlines the constitution for ancient Israel. And under the constitution of ancient Israel I had the position for a king. Yeah, you know, God was like, Yeah, one day when you rebel against me and ask for a king. This is what the king will do. Um, so they have, the, they have the position available there for a king. But the constitution of ancient Israel was built around a theocracy, which is government by God. And under the theocracy, church and state were to be separate from each other. Yep. And so the king had his responsibilities, which were civil responsibilities, and the priests had their responsibilities, which were religious responsibilities, and never were the two to come together. Uh, For instance, when the king went into the temple to offer incense in the temple and the priest came to him and said, "Uh, you can't actually be doing this because you're not a priest. He's like, I'm the king, I can do whatever I want. And uh, God struck him with leprosy on that day right then and there to show that church and state were two things that were to be separate from each other. That does not mean that the king gets to make laws that are against God.
1: That's true. Yeah,
0: because when the Bible says "thou shalt not kill," the king does not get to come along and make a law that says "thou shalt kill." Thou shalt kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't get to make laws that are against God, but it means that you do not make laws that force a person in relationship to how they worship or who they cho- choose to worship, or force people to go to heaven against their will. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this uh, this concept of separation of church and state. In Revelation chapter one, let me just see if I find this here. Uh, the Bible says. Uh, from Jesus, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to God and his Father, to him be glory forever and ever, dominion uh, and dominion forever and ever. And so, here you've got a, a you know, the book of Revelation is a prophecy that is looking into the future when sin is removed out of the equation. And when you take sin out of the equation, you know, when when God destroys sin, pain, suffering, everything, you know, evil, um, and negative, sometime in the future, then, yeah, God can be and is the perfect union of church and state. But while ever sin is in the equation, no, this is not where we are to, not where where we are to. not where we're to, where to go, not where where we are to be heading.
1: So he created a perfect system, but then he knew that we would stuff it up. So he made he took that into account, and then he created a system that would keep us safe.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah because God from knows from ourselves that, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. God knows how uh, how human beings work.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so if we uh, if we look at this passage here, Exodus nineteen, uh, this is the this is really is, is the old covenant being made right here. This is the old covenant being made with Israel, and you know the children of Israel. They come along and says, "All the Lord has said, we will do." Now, I want you to notice something specific about God's covenant. It comes in the first couple of words of the covenant, and this is critical for us to understand in relationship to the covenant. First couple of words there, Mon. I'm looking for the smallest word in the first line. The first, the first smallest word you come across.
1: In verse 5? Yes. I bet you it's the word if. Exactly. Nah.
0: What does that tell you about the nature of God's covenant? It's conditional. Absolutely. And what is it conditional on?
1: Obedience. Because it says, now if you will obey me and keep my covenant.
0: All right. So the covenant is conditional on obedience. The people will then turn around and say, oh, everything that God said, we will do it. Yeah, eh, No problem. We'll keep the law of God. Did they keep the law of God? No. Uh, Can they keep the law of God? Nope. Can you keep the law of God? Nope. Uh, Can I keep the law of God? No way. Can our producer keep the law of God? No. Okay, so we've got that sorted. All right. Can we keep the law of God through the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is the difference, and this is what the people didn't understand at that time, and this is why it's called the Old Covenant, because they did not understand the conversion Experience now. God had outlined out, out, outlined for them the conversion experience. This was something they uh, should have been able to understand. But when you take conversion out of that experience, and suddenly uh, they're promising to do something that's impossible. They're promising the impossible.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And so um, it's 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 critical to understand. You know, both the old covenant and this is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant was like the people saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're going to white knuckle this." And we're going to um, we're going to actually do what it says. Um, we're going to survive this. We, we we keep the law of God, of course. You know, it wasn't long before they were dancing around a golden calf. Um, but then you come a little bit uh, further on from that, and you find the new covenant, where the people actually don't make any promises. Which God makes the promises. Look, I'm going to write my law in your heart. I'm going to write it in your mind. This is the new covenant. So the new covenant experience is God's law written in our heart, in our mind. So the natural outworkings of what we do um, under the conversion experience is to pattern our life after the life of Jesus Christ. And, uh, We're know,
1: now is... going to listen to a song, actually. I just wanted to say oh. that this you is. A... Me. Yeah, I know, but this is a song by Tennessee Ernie Ford, and it's called All Hail, the Power of Jesus' Name, and it really relates very well to our text today. It's a, it's a vintage classic, so enjoy this one. We'll be right back.
3: All Hail, the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord.
0: Tennessee Ernie Ford there Ah, Such a voice What an amazing song too That just goes so perfectly With what we've been Talking about right now And uh, of course We are uh,
1: And he's definitely Like you know When he says you know Crown him lord of all He's definitely worthy Of being crowned lord of all Of our own Our own lives And our own hearts Because if you think about it It's it's, It really tells a lot about God's character when you think about what he did with the old covenant and how he transitioned to the new covenant. You know, We stuffed up, as humans, we stuffed up the old covenant. We could not keep it. And instead of God saying, do you know what? You guys are a bunch of losers. I'm done with you. You couldn't keep the old covenant. Let's just be done with you. Instead of doing that, he's like, do you know what? I I love you so much. I want you to be in heaven. I'm going to figure out a different way to get you in. Let me take it on board myself. Like yeah, this just, It kinda of blows your mind, doesn't it? So that and that, you know and so when Ten is the only four things, you know, crown him Lord of all, it's a it's a reaction to to what his character is, to you know, how his character is exposed in this situation. And as ever, with any glimpse that we get of God's character, it's always something that should humble us and should, you know, inspire awe in us.
0: Alright, Mon. so let's um absolutely, thank you. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter four and we will read verse Twenty says Deuteronomy chapter four, and let's look at verse twenty. Let's see what the uh, what the Bible has to say over here. Uh, Chapter four and
1: verse twenty. You said, yep, that one. And that says, if I can find it, maybe my Bible doesn't have it. No, I'm kidding. Of course, it has it. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you His very own people and His special possession, which is what you are today.
0: Okay, so one notice here what uh, what what the promise that God has made is that you know He's rescued His people in order to do what
1: to make them His very own people, His special possession. Yeah,
0: His special possession, His very own people, and you find this coming through in in you know both the old and the new covenant, where Jesus says, "I." Well, it it's interesting in what it says in the uh, in the um, King James version. It says to make them His. Peculiar
4: people.
0: Mm. Uh, do you still, sometimes feel peculiar, Mon? Yep. I think you're peculiar.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I
0: feel Very the peculiar. Same way about you, Lon.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> it's fine. I uh, I, uh, I submit. <laughs> I think we're well. Hey, we're all weird to somebody. Um, the Bible doesn't here mean uh, weird. Sometimes people read that in the old. Um, English translation and like, oh wow, God wants us to be weird, and so they'll go out of their way to be weird. And sometimes you go to a church and there are some weird people there, and you think, why, why, why are Christians so weird? Yeah, but we don't realize that the whole world is weird but us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, God loves all kinds of people, and there will be all kinds of weird people in heaven as well as uh, weird people on this earth, and uh, yeah, but that's just that's just kind of um, I, you know, when we did, oh, I shouldn't say it. No, I won't say that. I was gonna say we did a church plant in a certain location and there was lots of weird people in that location. But that was probably because um it was a culture that uh you know I wasn't familiar with, you know. Um. I know exactly what you're talking Yeah, yeah, about. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there was lots of weird people there, wasn't it? Yeah, there? it's famous for being weirdos and you know yeah, yeah. that kind of people, but
0: yeah. Uh, widows like to hang out together. That way, it's they true. can not be weird anymore.
1: That you just called me a weirdo, and then said widows like to hang out together. So, Lyle, we hang out a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, see, when widows how? hang out
0: together, they're not weird anymore, are they?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: It's it's kind of human nature there. But, when but no, the is Bible is not talking about widows. It's talking about uh, the more modern translation, my own special possession.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I just want to temper that whole weirdo thing by saying we shouldn't go out, the way, out of our way to make ourselves seem weird and obscene and obscure other people because we don't want to repulse people from the message of God. We don't want to repulse people from the gospel. We want to attract them to the gospel. We shouldn't conform completely to society. We should conform to God's uh, law and to God's will. But, um, yeah, like you said, some people th- read this verse and think, oh, <laughs> we need to be weirdos, <laughs> but it's not that at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's um, – where, where are we up to? Oh, let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. 2 8 6 7 and 8 so Jeremy Jeremy
1: sorry uh, Jeremy yeah chapter 7
0: verse 6 7 and 8 for a second there, I thought you remember three whole chapters <laughs> yeah, yeah why not you yeah, know we've only got uh, 4 <laughs> minutes left in the segment for you so
1: are we can it. for you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God for all the people on earth the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure the Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations for you are the smallest of all nations rather it was simply that the Lord loved you, and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. This is why the Lord rescued you from such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt.
0: Okay, so here the Bible calls us to be a holy people. So why is it that when you go to church sometimes, as we as we mentioned earlier, there are not holy people there. Lots of people who are not holy.
1: Well, like you said before, it's not a place where perfect people. We're coming, we're learning, we're growing. We're all in our We're still in our growing phase.
0: Yeah, we're all we're all in different levels of growth and sanctification. I think sometimes people expect everybody to be sanctified by the time they turn up to church, and everybody is at a different point in their journey. Every single individual is a different point in their journey, and God is working on every single individual's heart. He's working on my heart. He's working on your heart. He is endeavouring to you know to bring all of us into uh, um, you know change all of our lives so that our lives become like His life.
1: Yep, he's working on the hearts of our listeners as well, and we read that verse recently. I think it was in Acts about how you know we need to um, overlook each other's uh, shortcomings, and this is definitely a part of that. You know, going yeah, most
0: most definitely because um, yeah, but without church, where would we be? We mm-hmm. would be, as we mentioned earlier, we'd be struggling a whole lot more than what we are struggling here. Okay, because we must always keep before us the sacred truth that our salvation rests upon what Christ has done for us, Amen. and not upon what we can ever do for ourselves, even if we are the people of God. Amen. Uh, that's a statement that comes from the study guide. I thought it was a very good one. I thought it was one that was well worth um, well worth reading. Right there. Coming back to this to this covenant. Um, that we have in, uh, or this statement that we have in, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, beginning in verse 7. You know, the, the Bible says, The Lord did not set his love upon you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the fewest of all people. This is interesting. When you think about the nation of Israel, did God choose them because they were the majority?
1: No. I mean, it just says the exact opposite of that.
0: He did not choose them because they were the majority, did he choose them because they were the most powerful?
1: No, they were Did they, have, in the biggest, did they have the
0: biggest army? No. A bunch of slaves, right? Or well, at this particular time they were just a bunch of escaped slaves. And you know, even when you go back to Abraham when God called first called Abraham, it was just Abraham and his own family. That was it, you know? So it helps us to understand something about how God. How God calls people, you know, the way that God calls people and the way that He looks at people is very different the way we do. If, you were, if we were to look out at the world today and we were going to say, you know what, I'm going to, uh, you know, let's say that you're in the place of God, um, I'm God, so I'm going to choose a nation on earth to represent me, would you choose? you know, some obscure, small nation residing somewhere in the middle of nowhere? Oh, nowhere. Or would you go with one of the world superpowers? I'd go with a superpower for sure. You would. He's like, yeah, yeah, this, this, this nation over here, they've got lots of strength. But God doesn't work that way. God went with the small little nation residing in the middle of nowhere.
1: Under captivity.
0: And uh, then goes into captivity and he's like, yes, I'm going to choose this nation right here. So he didn't choose you because you were um, more in number than any other people. You were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you and he would keep the oath which he had sworn to your fathers, um, etc. Does God love all nations?
1: Yes, he does.
0: Okay, so why was this one different?
1: It was the one that had the promise because he talked to their ancestors, essentially Abraham.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This was the one that... um, had the promise because of Abraham. Abraham had remained faithful to God. And in the world, this was the nation that had, even though they had lost the knowledge of God through captivity, this was the one who had been entrusted with the knowledge of God. They still had it within their possession and they could present it.
1: We're going to come back with the question of the day, rather controversial, Lyle. I think you've been busted breaking the Sabbath.
2: Bye. Mm-hmm.
4: Just won't be the same And you do there There'll be an empty place
5: some day on me I'll stand where my home shall be eternal Sweet
0: Beulah Land. <clears throat> Welcome back, guys. Uh, we were listening to Casting Crowns, Beulah Land here on Faith FM. We have come to question of the daytime yes. and apparently I am in trouble.
1: Lyle, Lyle, Lyle. The rebel. What have you done, Lyle?
0: <laughs> okay, so
1: question of the day is a, is a very personal
0: it's one It's a question today. that came out very of something that I did yes, on the weekend.
1: Yes, okay. So, Lyle, uh, we had um, two members of a church that we you and I used to belong to back in Sydney before we left Sydney, uh, and two members of that church uh, have gotten married, and they got married on the Sabbath, and you officiated the wedding. I did. And, it was uh, a blessing. Praise God. And you have since been accused of breaking the Sabbath by not only hosting a wedding, but partaking... Uh, in the event of this wedding on the holy Sabbath day, Lyle, what do you have to say for yourself, young
0: man? Well, first of all, I say I'm not the first person to be accused of breaking the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other rather famous people in the Bible who are accused of that on occasions, and uh, this will be something that will be relevant, I guess, for um, Jewish people, for Seventh-day Adventist people, and for some people who are, um, are uh, you know particularly focused on you know really want to keep the keep the commandments. And so, you know, some Sunday-keeping people keep the Sabbath very religiously as well. And so, yeah, for really religious people, the Sabbath is a day of rest and it's a day of worship. And this is what God designed that it should be. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13, If you will turn away your foot from the Sabbath, in other words, you know, Stop standing all over it. From doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And so traditionally in Jewish circles or Adventist circles and some other circles as well, weddings haven't taken place on The Sabbath day.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you've got to hire makeup artists and florists and decorators and hospitality staff and photographers and waiters and waitresses and cooks. Wow, it's a big procedure. That's a lot of work for people to be doing on the Sabbath day.
0: Oh, indeed it is. And something that that, uh, if you're a Sabbath keeper, you would typically avoid. However, this couple came to me and they said, you know what, we'd like to get married. Um, in church during the eleven o'clock service, during the during the uh, the, the usual worship service um, on the Sabbath day, we're like, well, that's in- that's interesting. Why would you like to do that? And they said, we want our wedding to be seen as an act of worship. Ooh. And so this is something I've actually participated in before um, on several occasions. I've been to a, uh, a Seventh Day Adventist wedding that took place um, in church on the Sabbath day, and so we sat down and had a conversation. It's like, okay, okay there's some things that we would not do on the Sabbath. Uh, Because the Bible says this is a day of rest and worship, and we want it to be that. We don't want it to compromise from that. However, the question comes up, is a wedding service a worship service? And so then, this is really the question that needs to be answered right here. So let's think about this for a moment. The very first worship service that ever took place on our planet, by implication, was the wedding of Adam and Eve. They were created on the Friday. And uh, the implication is that God performed a marriage right then and there. They were married and God had this particular, this was the very first uh, worship service that ever took place on the planet. Then when Jesus came to earth, the very first worship service that Jesus uh, participated in at the beginning of his earthly ministry was a wedding. And then when you go right down to the very end of the great controversy between Christ and Satan, the end of sin and pain and suffering, all those things are over, the Bible says that that will all be ended, and we can read it in Revelation 19. Let me read it for you, Revelation chapter 19. It will all be ended with a wedding. And so the final worship service that brings this all to an end is a wedding. And you'll find that in uh, Revelation chapter 19. I uh, he was you know, Seven, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made her herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be clothed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. This was a couple who wanted to have a very sacred, a very worshipful wedding service. They didn't want to have, you know, they didn't have all the photographers. They had a fellowship lunch afterwards in the church hall. They didn't have a whole bunch of caterers or anything like that. Just a very simple service. They didn't even have a bunch of, you know, bridesmaids or, you know, people doing makeup at four in the morning or anything like that. Um, it was a very simple service it was a very holy service it was a very righteous service and it was a wo- it was truly was a worship service and that's why yeah that's why I performed that uh, wedding service I'd be happy to do it again and happy to take the flack that uh, that some people might want to send my way.
1: So it's a bit like having a baby dedication or a baptism it's a, it's a yeah, wonderful absolutely. celebration in church followed by a potluck
0: lunch. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody but for this couple and for what they were intending I think it's great. Faith FM and we have come to the end of our show. And so we're about to give something away and we have found something from the prize box that is going out for free. You don't have to do anything but uh, just give us a call or you know what the number is. 1-800-324-843 and uh, this one relates to the question of
1: the day. Yes, it's one a book by Mark Finley. Um, I think a lot of people know a uh, wonderful uh, pastor, Mark Finley, excellent evangelist. This is a book called When God Said Remember.
0: Yeah, so if you're wondering, what on earth were Lila Mon talking about about keeping the Sabbath and breaking the Sabbath and all those kind of things? It's not really an issue for a lot of Christians today, but it is something that's a part of the Ten Commandments and something we should consider. You know, this is God's 's six day labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a day of rest, and so many Christians miss out on the blessing Of that day of rest. And so Mark Finley's written a book on it. I'm glad he has.
1: Yeah, it's not a huge book. It's only eight chapters. And so it's not, you know, going to overwhelm you. So it's easy to understand, easy to read. On the back, it says Do you have too much time and not enough to do? In a world of rapidly improving electronics and other labor saving devices, we have less quality time than our great great grandparents had. The scourge of multitasking is worn by many as a badge of honor, but the health deficits that rise from such constant business continue to plague our society in both mind and body. And this is where God comes in and says, you know what? Take a break. Spend a day with me. God offers a sacred retreat in a frantic world. And it's a wonderful day set apart from all the days of the week. It's special quality time. And this book goes over that shows you some ways how to, you know, keep the Sabbath. I guess it's a a weird phrase, keep the Sabbath, for some people to hear. Uh, But the bottom line is we desperately need this sacred space. We need relief from the constant bombardment of things to find joy in the timelessness of a meaningful relationship with God. So be the first person to call us now. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. First person through will get this copy completely for free sent to them anywhere in the country. And uh, we look forward to posting it out to you. Just... be be the first one now.
0: Absolutely and don't forget if you'd like to study the Bible for yourself or even if you'd like to do my series of Bible studies which is called The Prophetic Code then give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is our number or contact us via any other one of our social medias or via text message and uh, we will make that available for you.
1: And we'll be broadcasting live from Jindaby the rest of this week so stick around. We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news.
6: Strife, we can have. This is heaven on earth. I'm with my beautiful love. It's a beautiful life. Praying with you. With your hand in mine, we're on our knees. Beautiful life, praying with you This is heaven, I I'm with my beautiful love, 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 love I'm with my beautiful love This is love, love, love Praying with my darling She's my love, love, love It's a beautiful life Beautiful love It's like we're in heaven This is love, love, love I'm praying with my darling This is love, love, love It's a beautiful life
2: You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah I